Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What are you talking about? This conversation can serve purpose. WBZ, you're Jay talking. Live midnight to five tonight. We're going to science the heck right out of you. We have Mario, Mario Mata, MD, who's an astronomy enthusiast and much more, and Kelly Beatty, senior, uh, senior editor for Sky and Telescope magazine, here for primarily, uh, well, two reasons to talk about the black hole that uh, was spotted by way of telescope, which is a very new and recent thing, a, a real big deal. But also, we want to talk about dark skies, International Dark Sky Association and light pollution. Do you ever just not feel right and not know why? Well, you probably want to go, want to listen to this. So, gentlemen, how do you do? Hey, great to have you. Mario, you have built the world's biggest homemade telescope. Is that true? I don't know if it. I don't know if it's the world's biggest, but it's uh, a good size. That may be the largest completely homemade one. And how big is that? The main optic is thirty-two inches in diameter. And you are in Gloucester. Yes, you're in Gloucester. Right. How did you get? You know, how did you get the parts for that? Do you have that mirror made? Well, it's all handmade. Did you make it yourself? Yeah. You polished the glass and everything. Yep. Wow! And you're right up in Gloucester. It, I have a home observatory okay. the dome. At, uh, I mean, that's pretty amazing to me. We're talking about light pollution. Is there, there must be light pollution in Gloucester. It must be kind of a bummer. There's light pollution essentially everywhere in the world right now. But uh, yes, there is. Uh, I was fortunate when I moved there to convince the mayor at the time that uh, we should protect the night sky uh, and basically convince the city council by telling them about a, the number of accidents turned out were very correlated to intersections that had bad lighting with glare. And then we brought in the Audubon Society. Uh, there were a number of people in Gloucester who were interested in that because it's a bird sanctuary and a uh, flyover by migrating birds. And that's a, uh, bad lighting is bad for that. And too much blue light, we'll find out later, is bad for our, our physical health. Now, Kelly... You're senior editor for Sky and Telescope magazine, and probably that's exactly what it sounds like. It is. I actually feel like I'm going to subscribe to that. I think that'd be cool. Well, you should. And you have been on the board of directors for IDA, International Dark Sky Association, for some time. Tell me about that. So the IDA was started in 1988. Uh, it started 
by a couple of professional astronomers who were trying to keep the skies of Tucson, Arizona dark because there are a lot of observatories there. But it has grown to be so much more than that. Mario and I give talks on light pollution all the time, and astronomy is just one small part of the whole bigger picture. We now know that light at night is disruptive for the environment, for humans. It wastes energy. It robs us of the nighttime stars, and not just for astronomers, but for people who like to look up and, you know, wish upon a star. So... My involvement started about a decade and a half ago. Initially, I was covering it for the magazine, and then I just got sucked in. Um, and it's it's really a, a, a noble cause because the loss of the night is one of those things that is sort of a part of our human heritage. And I, I get that we have a 24-7 society now, but boy, if you've ever been out underneath a truly dark sky and seen so many stars that you can't count them all, and it, it just makes you wonder what it's all about. And and uh, it, it engenders deep thinking, you know, on my part anyway. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I have taught high school astronomy, and the kids in that class have never seen the Milky Way. They have no idea what I'm talking about, and that's just terribly sad. Tell me about a couple of recent articles in in Sky and Telescope. Well, the biggest news recently is the imaging of a supermassive black hole. Now, I think we all have a kind of concept of what a black hole is. It's, it's matter that's so dense and, and it creates such strong gravity that nothing can escape, not even light. Um, and there are ordinary black holes which are caused by the deaths of stars, but there are these huge monstrous black holes that live in the cores of virtually every galaxy. So there's a particular galaxy called M87 that's uh, 55 million light years away. And that means that the light is reaching us that was generated 55 million years ago, not long after the dinosaurs died. And we've known that there was a, a black hole, supermassive black hole at the center of this galaxy. And, it, but it's, it's, you know, on that scale, it's, it's so small because it's so far away, it's hard to actually see it, uh, even if you, could see it. And that's the whole problem here because you can't see a black hole because the light is escaping. But what you can see and what they eventually were able to do is to see light swirling around it just before it dives in never to be seen again. And uh, it, they used a combination of radio telescopes. That's That picture that you saw with the orange glow is actually a radio yeah, image. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a bummer for All me. Right, so you wouldn't be able to see that by eye. But it, it, it took the combined efforts of radio observatories all across the planet. Uh, the reason gets a little technical, but the bigger across your telescope is, the reason Mario's got a 32-inch wide telescope and not a 3-inch wide telescope is it allows him to see fainter, uh, finer detail. And so by combining these radio telescopes very carefully, their output, you effectively get the uh, the equivalent of a radio telescope as big as the Earth, and it was that achievement that allowed us to image this black hole. So this is a radio telescope image, and it doesn't really look like the picture we saw. Somebody has to decide to take the radio image if you and could, what it looks like, you know, as a as a visual image. You, you know, right? Bradley, you remember those those comic book ads for the X-ray glasses, yeah. right? Well, if you could see the universe 
at radio wavelengths. Radio is a kind of light, if you want to think of it that way. It's a wave. It's an electromagnetic magnetic wave, just like visible light is. If you could see the universe at radio wavelengths, yes, you could see this black hole. But would you see it as, the, would it look like the image we see? Would it really have a yellow light around the edge? I, I, the, it's, a, it's basically a, a black and white image, mm -hmm. all right, that, that has been colored. And so it wouldn't be orange. Right. If it, you were there, it would actually actually the, the, the colors from that is is mostly blue going into uh, violet and ultraviolet because it's very, very so high hot. energy light. Right. Okay. okay so. You, they couldn't see it, really. And you touched upon how they knew it was there, but there's more to it than just well, there are a number of ways that they figured it was probably there. What, what are some of those? So. We uh, let's come a little bit closer to home. Our own Milky Way galaxy has a supermassive black hole in its core. Now, on a summer's night, when you can see the Milky Way and you look toward the south, toward the constellation Sagittarius, the Archer, you see this great swarm of of bright stars, uh, and that is toward the center of our galaxy. And we can't actually see the center because there's a lot of gas in the way. That's where the radio comes in. Radio can penetrate through the gas, mm -hmm. just like radio wavelengths here on Earth can penetrate clouds. We can pick up radio waves on a cloudy day, no problem. Similarly, we can see with radio to the center of our galaxy. We see stars very close to this black hole swirling around like crazy. They're spinning around every few days uh, uh, in orbit around it. And the only way that a star could be moving that fast is if the object it's orbiting is hugely massive. And that's what's telling us, even if we can't see these things, we know that there's a huge mass there that is this supermassive black hole. Okay. Uh, so the tight spin of the stars necessitates a supermassive object, but you couldn't see a superstar brightly, so it had to be kind of the opposite of that. Yeah, so in this particular case, the, the glow that you see around it is this gas whirling around about to enter, uh, and, it's, and it's heated to great temperatures because of the friction of getting into that. And, then, and so if we could see the center of our galaxy, we'd see a very similar kind of thing. So the hole, the dark area that you see in the center, uh, is somewhat larger than our solar system. Um, and and it takes light, I think, a day and a half to cross it. So it's it's you know billions of miles across. That's not the black hole itself. That's what we call the event horizon. That's the the sort of boundary. It's inside. like the edge of the uh, uh, Niagara Falls. Yeah, it's after you know after the light crosses that, there's no coming back. And so that's why it looks black. The black hole itself is quite a bit smaller than that, and we, we have no hope of seeing it itself. Mario Mata, MD. By the way, he's a uh, cardiologist, but we haven't even talked about that. And Kelly Beatty, senior editor for Sky and Telescope magazine. And we were le learning up on black holes, and I have a couple of questions. You say, either one of you, jump ball, there are black holes at the center of most galaxies or all galaxies. Are those the things that hold the, ga the galaxy together? Well, it's a start, but no. So this supermassive black hole, for example, has the mass of six and a half billion suns. In a typical large galaxy like that one or our own Milky Way, there are hundreds of billions of masses of suns. 
that's the part we can see. And then, we'll, I know this is getting out there, but there's something even more massive, which we call dark matter, which is really what holds, it's the glue that holds galaxies together. We haven't figured out what dark matter is, much like black holes, we see from the evidence of what it does to stars and their motions that it does exist, and there's much more mass in dark matter than there is in the visible stars that we see. This is true of pretty much every galaxy. Mario, can you talk a little bit more about dark matter, just uh, so we can well, gain a little more understanding about it? Yeah, I mean, dark matter, we, as Kelly said, we don't know what it is, but we can see the effects of it, okay? Uh, Vera Rubin discovered the true mass and dark matter. She's the attributed as the discoverer. When she did her research in the 50s, what she found was the stars are spinning too fast. In our solar system, Venus whips around the sun quickly because it's close to the sun. Pluto takes a couple hundred years to go around the sun because it's much further out. In a galaxy, you'd expect the same thing if it was built like the solar system. It's not because of dark matter, which pervades all the way out to the envelope around the galaxy, the stars all pretty much have the same speed, which is, if that was happening without dark matter, it sh they should fly out of the galaxy. They're spinning too fast. So there's more mass than you can account for, and it's that extra mass, which is the dark matter. Yeah, and we have educated guesses about what this stuff is. For example, it could be black holes. There could be primordial black holes left over from the formation of our galaxy 10 billion years ago that, uh, that, that are just out there and we can't see them, so, but they still represent mass. Or maybe it's some kind of weird subatomic particle that, that doesn't really interact with light, but yet it has mass you know, in, in great profusion. It's just one of those challenges. Uh, that's the nature, the beauty of science and the beauty of astronomy. You have an observation and now the theorists are challenged to try to figure out what that observation means. Okay, so if, it, if a black hole just sucks in matter, at some point something's got to happen. It just can't do that forever, right? There has to be it some, can, actually. some sort of event. There's no, there's no... It doesn't explode. It just keeps well, my sucking My theory in. was that it would create a Big Bang. Like Maybe that was the source of the Big Bang, just a black hole that crunched down to that Didn't, big and, and blew up. Well, yeah... You're you're That's out of a our, high school of, high school version. You're out of our comfort zone here, but but in fact, the creation of the universe was from literally nothing. Not only did it create all of this mass, but the Big Bang created space, the framework of space, and the notion of time. That is, in a in a perverse kind of way, there was no time before the Big Bang, and so the question is, what pre-existed to right. create? The Big Bang. Well, you said it, it, it went bang out of nothing. When yes, that guy, it went bang a, out of nothing. I thought the way I picture it is all the matter that we see now is all crunched down into something the size of a golf ball, and it blew up. That's not nothing. That's something. Well, you saying and, it was nothing? And, if, and in fact, some decades ago, there was a notion that you know our universe is expanding, and if it stopped expanding and eventually came back together it would have a what they call the big crunch right? right and then and then you know sort of uh it would start all over so that again. makes a little more sense to me but it doesn't look like that's going to happen because no things are accelerating away you got right. it huh okay so that conversation all stems from the black holes a natural conversation i've always been fascinated by those 
Well, and, and, and so let's, as we segue to, to light pollution, this galaxy, M87, is in the constellation Virgo, which is up in the sky on spring evenings. And if you had a backyard telescope, a decent one, you could see M87 in the sky. In the, you could look at it and see this galaxy through the eyepiece. What kind of diameter are you talking about when you say a decent You could probably backyard. see it with a six-range scope. It's fairly bright, a tenth mag. But... And there's a big but here. Depends on where you are. If you're in the country, uh, you can see it easily. If you're in the middle of a city like this with all the light pollution, you have a hard time. You probably just catch the tiny core of it. Yeah. That's the brightest part. That's why I live in Gloucester. It's a lot darker than yeah. around here. I couldn't help thinking, Mario, that since you, this is your passion and you have a large telescope, why don't you move to Maine? I bet you've thought about it, right? I mean, Maine... It's too long a commute to the hospital. Yeah, but, I mean, just stay <laughs> in Maine. They have hospitals in Maine, you know? And this well, is your love. I, when I, I started uh, practice, I was a uh, catheterizer. And back then, the only hospitals that had a catheterization lab was either in the center of Boston or Salem, Mass. There were no others at that time. So that was as far away I can get from the city, actually. So this is an aside, and I might as well ask you this because I'm probably not going to get more of an expert on this. Mick Jagger recently had an, a procedure. Yeah. Is, is that a procedure that only recently could be done minimally invasively? What did he have done? Unless it's a hip He had a, um, uh, a transcatheter aortic valve uh, replacement, which is a relatively new development. In fact, a lot of the research came right right here in Boston from Mass General. When you say you do cath procedures, is it stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, what in starting about 1970, they could do valve replacements by surgery. Wow. More recently, we can now have a way to do it uh, through a vein, uh, through an artery, I should say, down into the valve. Mm -hmm. You balloon out the valve that's too tight and then you, you would, in different catheter, plant a uh, valve inside the uh, dilated yeah. valve. Yeah, do you have to suture that valve? Hmm? How do you attach the valve? Do you suture it? No, no, this is all done through a vein now. So but how do you, you how does it attach? Just expand it, and it, it locks into the just, underlying It doesn't need to be attached in any way? It just pops in like a contact it's, lens or no, something? No, it's the same yeah. way you fix everything these days, super glue. Okay. <laughs> Well, I had to study up on that on my own. All right. So now we get into the the light pollution. And it's not just about, gee, it's too bad we can't see the stars. We're missing out. It's really a health issue. And Correct. that's one of the reasons that uh, Mario Mata, MD, is here. Because it's it's your involvement and the folks of your level's involvement that gives weight to this whole thing. Correct? I would hope so, yes. Can you explain how so? Sure. I'll fully admit back around 1990 when I started getting interested in light pollution, it was for the sky. No question about that. That's a dirty little secret. But because I was a physician, I kept seeing these reports of human health effects from it and very much interested. I was a researcher. Uh, and the more I read, the more I was convinced that it really is a problem. Uh, and through the years, uh, the number of papers on that have literally exploded and uh, in fact in 2017 the Nobel Prize in Medicine went to three medical researchers who figured out the biochemical pathway that melatonin suppression causes human health effects uh, something I've been writing about reading about for years 
now the Nobel Prize uh, Committee realizes this is such an important area of medicine now and is causing such widespread environmental damage and uh, human health damage that they awarded the Nobel Prize. Uh, Melatonin. In front of me, like in front of you, most of the day for many of you, I have these computer screens. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Within, you know, my easy view. Some of them huge. And that doesn't come without a cost. Particularly these bright blue lights that emanate from these things. And uh, we're going to find out that that's bad, how that's bad, why that's bad. We're going to go to the doc for this, Ariomata MD, who's both a student of light and a student of medicine. So here we go. Okay. So in 2003, George Brainerd and a couple of other researchers discovered a whole new receptor in the human eye that has nothing to do with vision. Okay, it's called the RPG. And it's a uh, receptor that goes to the back of the brain. Uh, fibers of it go to the limbic system, and fibers of it go to the pineal gland. The whole purpose of that receptor doesn't contribute to vision at all. Okay, you have red, blue, green receptors, and you have black and white receptors. It strictly exists, apparently, to wake you up. Okay, so as we evolved, at, when the sun rose in the morning, we have a blue sky. The peak of that is 450 nanometers, the exact peak of this particular receptor. So when you have blue, it wakes you up. It, it activates the limbic system, which wakes you up, makes you active, and it suppresses melatonin, which also makes you active. At night, you should have the, the reverse, nothing activating the limbic system, and melatonin not suppressed and rises. In our environment, we have lots of light pollution, and the LEDs are designed to be blue LEDs coated with a phosphor, and you're supposed to re-emit, it absorbs some of that blue and re-emits it at a low, low wavelength. That's how we get different color temperatures, but they're all based mostly on blue LEDs. What the lighting companies don't tell you is that the 4,000, 3,000 KLEDs have quite a bit of blue leakage. TVs, monitor screens that you're talking about are lit by LEDs these days, and they're intentionally high blue because to increase the contrast, and it's a color TV. So that's okay, uh, but if you continually suppress your melatonin, it's been proven, this is not speculation, it's been proven women have a 15 to 20% higher rate of breast cancer. It's been proven that you double your risk of diabetes, that you have sleep disturbances, uh, that you have psychiatric effects. That's why, uh, and to give the exact opposite, they have these mood lights for midwinter and high latitudes to keep you from getting depressed. So light affects the brain in many different ways. And by suppressing melatonin, it leads to all these bad side effects. Most of the cancers that come from melatonin suppression are the endocrine cancers. In women, primarily breast. In men, prostate. The prostate cancer elevation was found right here at Harvard Medical School just a few years ago. Now a number of papers have uh, verified that that's the case. Now, I don't want to give people the wrong impression. It's not that light causes cancer. 
what happens is by melatonin is an adjuvant that stimulates your immune system. If you suppress melatonin, if you suppress melatonin, what ends up happening is we produce cancer cells every day. You probably had several cancer cells made today. So did Kelly, so did I. What happens though is the immune system, specifically killer T cells, are hunting around for abnormal cells. They spot it, they attach to it, and they kill it. That's the whole function of the immune system. The melatonin acts like an adjuvant. While you're sleeping, the body does repair work. If you're suppressing the melatonin, okay, think what's happening here. Your immune system isn't quite as effective. Those several cancers that you uh, produce every day, most of them still get killed, but every once in a while, you're gonna have a higher risk of some of these cells breaking through. So it's not the light, it's the melatonin suppression, which comes from the bad lighting. Now, is it directly the melatonin suppression that's more likely to reduce the immune system, or is it the lack of sleep caused by the lack of melatonin? No, it's the, it's the suppression of melatonin. So yeah, the, in fact, the, this whole got started back in the 1980s when a researcher realized statistically that shift workers, nurses who are doing you know overnight shifts or graveyards. That's Richard Stevens. Richard Stevens. They had this higher incidence of cancer. He was trying to figure out why. And it eventually led him to this notion of the disruption of the circadian system and, and all of this light and blue light in particular at the wrong time in your day-night cycle. Um, and so a lot of the research that's being done currently, uh, you've probably heard it's probably a bad idea to be you know looking at your iPad at, at two in the morning, right? right? And, and so an important concept here is it's any kind of blue light interior to your house or exterior in your you know lit nighttime world that can do this damage and and so it's it's this blue light in all forms in a nighttime environment when you're supposed to be you know producing melatonin or you're a a a firefly trying to mate or whatever it might be blue light is bad okay so right now even if i get plenty of sleep these monitors are producing blue light that's killing my melatonin It'll that suppress your melatonin for bad. about one hour after the last exposure. Okay. So right now it's suppressing it. Yep. Yeah. And I'd be better off to not have this. Right. Well, unless you get in a dark room when you finally get to bed. Well, I can do that. But, uh, but aren't I better off? Am I not better off never suppressing it? Because right now cancer yeah. cells could be oh, well, you squeaking suppress- through because the T cells are suppressed. Because but of but these you want to no. suppress it in the daytime. That's right. the whole point. Oh. Our, our evolution was that we humans evolved with 12 hours of really bright daylight and 12 hours okay. of really dark darkness. Yeah. And, and we've messed that up on both ends. We spend our days inside in a gray environment, never actually okay. go outside. And at night, we spend our nights in a gray environment that's never really dark. So time of day is key. You say, it sounds like now I hear you saying that if you see the bright blue lights of a monitor in the day, not a problem. Right. If you see them closer to bedtime than one hour, that is when you have the problem. Right. After my 2012 paper for the AMA, uh, initially got a little bit of pushback from the lighting industry, but GE then wrote a white paper that basically quoted the AMA article and it said we were right. Uh, a lot of companies picked up on that. For example, my iPhone automatically ter- eliminates blue after 10 o'clock. You can shut that off, but they did it. No, 
because they uh, apparently read the articles from the AMA and realized they're correct and they were contributing to ill health. So they are, out of their uh, research, they figured yeah. out a way to automatically kill the blue light. Good. Mo- more companies should be doing that. Good. To, to more clearly understand the relationship between the melatonin and the T cells, is it? The, melatonin the, is a hormone. Melatonin promotes the growth of T cells? No, it, it, it increases their effectiveness. Okay. That, I don't know how that particular works. That's still an area of research. We know the relationship. We don't know the exact cause and effect. Right. We, we know that la- laboratory animals, mice, for example, that have been exposed to cancers, in, you know, they've been implanted, yep. those cancer tumors grow much more slowly when there is melatonin in their bloodstream. You take the melatonin away, the cancer growth is quite rapid. That, and, that's the research by David Blask from Tulane. He did an incredibly brilliant experiment about this now 10 years ago. He took human breast cancer, implanted them in nude mice. That, that's a research animal that will accept transplants easy and separated them, uh, one set normal day-night cycle, and the cancer grow at a certain rate. Another set uh, short night, more light, and the cancer grew faster. And then they had another set where the lights were on 24 hours a day, and you could literally watch the cancer essentially explode out of the bodies of these rats uh, because they grew so fast. Yeah, and you know, we're not exactly injecting humans with cancer to see if the same thing happens with us. You can do that with rats. Right, but you can do it with rats. In a sense, this is settled science. We, we know this relationship, and so blue light at night is the culprit. That has been the thrust of the AMA uh, position papers and policies that Mario's been backing. It's the essence of what the IDA, the International Dark Sky Association, is championing now, because our our civilization right now is in this wholesale change out of how we light the night from incandescent bulbs and mercury vapor bulbs and these peachy colored high pressure sodium bulbs to LEDs. And LEDs intrinsically give off a lot of blue light, which is bad for the nighttime environment. So so our, 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 the IDA has been championing the notion of using a, a warmer color that is a lower temperature, just like a candle flame is not as hot as a blue natural gas flame. You want these lower color temperatures, 3,000 Kelvin or lower. It's on the packaging. You can see it when you go down to the hardware store. It's on the package now because it's less disruptive to the nighttime environment. And it's not just the color, it's the intensity of that light and when you have it on. We, we've actually created a society where we have lights on all the time. Uh, I'm looking out the window here at a parking lot that's lit up you know, quite brightly. And, and what, are they trying, what are these business owners trying to do? They got protecting the acres of asphalt that they've got out there? Yeah. And now as far as melatonin goes, is the synthetic melatonin that you can buy helpful? Uh, it helps you sleep. There is no proof it ha- it prevents any of the other damage. There's no proof that it enhances Just like the... recently, there's been studies that show eating vitamins is basically zero positive health. You have to get it naturally in your food to mm-hmm. be effective. This huge billion-dollar industry is a, is a complete sham. Is there anything else you can do to create melatonin, exercise more, or no. stay on your head? There's get nothing. Get proper sleep and don't let street lights come in your bedroom window okay yeah, importantly you don't have to be asleep 
It just needs to be dark. And like, so when I'm ah, on, that's I'm, key. I went on, when I'm on an overnight flight or something like that, right? Yeah. As soon as I get that, uh, that lovely meal right down my gullet, I put, I put on a pair of eye shades and I might not sleep through the whole night, but just being dark, uh, triggers this, this, uh, sensor to my body's, the, the eyes say, Hey, it's dark, make melatonin. Right. Does melatonin have any other important functions? Well, it has mood different... or mental health. It, it does. It affects, uh, uh, mentally as well. Like it, like I said, if you, have melatonin disruption, you can have quite a bit of depression. That's one of the major side effects of that. But, um, I mean, melatonin is a very primitive hormone that does different things in different animals. The most primitive, correct? E even as small as an amoeba. Amoebas have, make melatonin. We don't know what it does in amoebas since they, I don't know that they sleep, but that just shows you how far back in evolution melatonin was created. It's found in every animal, every insect, uh, on Earth, and that's why producing this blue light on the outside uh, is bad for you, bad for the environment. Okay. We have a huge decline in insects. In fact, just a few weeks ago, I gave a talk in uh, Cambridge with an insect specialist. They talked about the insects. I talked about why they're dying off. Okay, and and uh, blue light is affecting. Here's a simple question, which I I thought was an interesting way to put it that he put. It was that uh, in the old days, everyone remembers bugs splattering on your windshield, right? Oh, yeah, where'd the bugs go? Where'd the bugs go? Let's break. And wait till you find out what happens every night in Las Vegas. It's WBZ. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do you want to talk? About what? I'm talking about my life. I'm talking about form. I'm talking about content. I'm talking about interrelationships. I'm talking about God, the devil, hell, heaven. Do you understand? Talk, 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 talk. Okay, talk. I Jay Talkin' with Bradley J. WBZ, News Radio 1030. Okay, it's WBZ, and we continue talking about light pollution. A couple, one quick question before we get to John in Brockton. How is the United States government and our state governments about addressing this? European countries, some of them, have addressed it. You mentioned Slovenia, France. What about Massachusetts? So we've got a bill in the state house right now uh, called the Dark Sky Bill, if anyone wants to look it up, uh, that proposes to put basic constraints on new or replacement lighting uh, funded by cities and towns. Nothing outrageous. We simply want the light to be shining down onto the ground. Mm -hmm. And we want that light to be of a warm color temperature, 3,000 Kelvin or less. There's also uh, parts of it that require the Department of Transportation to do a study of their best practices. And importantly, we want the Department of Public Utilities to create rates for towns 
that are doing the right thing and installing, you know, quality lighting to be able to reap the economic benefits that they can't do now. So the dark sky bill, I encourage people to look that up if they're here in Massachusetts, um, you know, contact your representatives and ask them to support it. Let me just add to that, that uh, after the AMA uh, paper came out in 2016, specifically on LED lighting, got an incredible pushback from the uh, lighting industry. It's similar to the Tobacco Council saying cigarettes were safe for 30 years. Okay, it's pure nonsense. They know better, but they bought so many bad lighting, they want to get rid of their stock, basically, before I think they switch over. And that's uh, terrible for the environment and terrible for humans. Uh, just to add to that, uh, many cities that put up 4,000 are taking them all down. Just last month, Seattle announced all the 4,000K lights they put up just uh, five or six years ago. They're all coming down, and they're putting up 3,000. Too blue. People object to it. Who is the sponsor of the bill? So it's uh, on the Senate side is Senator Cynthia Cream. On the House side, it's uh, Representative Sean Garbley of uh, Arlington. Uh, and there's dozens of co-sponsors. But Mario and I actually helped write this bill. Mm. So uh, we worked with a lighting professional, and uh, it's it's really good stuff. It would be a first of a kind in the country if it passes. Are you going to testify on Beacon Hill? I will. Excellent. Do you know, if, if you could let me know when that is, and if there's any way for me to go and watch it, I would like to. Yeah, certainly. I don't know if, if I'd be able to get a seat in the gallery for that, but... If there's a way to do it, that would be cool. But, if you know, again, it, listeners who want to check it out, just go to the Massachusetts Legislature website and, and look up the Dark Sky Bill. And if you're really motivated, like I might be, can anyone join the IDA? I'm sure you can. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it, the website is darksky.org. Uh, it's $35 a year, but we'll take any amount. And, uh, you know, we have a... We, what that money funds is people like Mario and I to travel around and, and be the boots on the ground to, to fight the fight. I've spoken at countless city council meetings and representatives of industry and public utilities. And, you know, it's not that they're opposed to doing good lighting. They just, no one ever told them. It's, it's a matter of education. And once they get the, the, the clear facts, they're more than willing, in most cases, to just do the right thing. Let's do a quick visit with Brockton. John in Brockton. Hi, John. Hi, gentlemen. First of all, I want to thank you for what you do. And uh, I'm glad you brought this to our attention. Uh, I'll leave my information after the phone calls ended so you can contact me and I can contact, you know, congressmen, the, the governor, the mayor, and go from there. But that being said, so I have prostate cancer. And uh, if you're ever going to get any, that's the right one to get, God forbid, but as long as you catch it at the right time. Uh, what, do, what do you recommend for me? Because uh, I had a PSA that went from like five and changed to just below twelve. I figure you need to see your doctor because every every oh, no, individual I, I, is I'm different. Religious. I'm religious about going to the doctor, but I was just wondering if this gentleman could elaborate on it. And I understand what he's talking about the blue lights and you're in front of a computer screen all day. I used to work overnight shift. As a matter of fact, I'm working now. I'm on my way back to Boston, but. Yeah. That being said, I didn't know if he could elaborate on that. And I could leave my contact information with you guys with my email. And, and I meant what I said about getting a hold of the congressman, the governor, and, and everything else. And maybe, like, you know, they have a thing with, you know, you're kicking a dollar for the presidential campaign. How about we kicking 50 cents for this and 50 cents for Notre Dame over in, uh, you know, good old Gate Marie? That sounds good. I'm, uh, the doctor's not going to be able to prescribe treatment for you over, over the no, radio. I just wondered perhaps yeah. if maybe he could. I I'll say you know, this. I'll say this. One, I'm a cardiologist, not a urologist, but 
Um, at that level, you really should see a urologist and, and work out together what the best treatment is for you because there's too many variables to give you a simple statement. What I can say you can do, though, is get proper sleep. Uh, don't get exposed to blue light in the middle of the night from street lights or even in your house because we already showed, remember the rat experiments that I uh, talked about earlier? So if you're exposed to blue light, whatever cancer you do develop, theoretically, will grow faster. Thank you very much, John. Gentlemen, thank you. And if you need to come back, if any, any developments, you're always welcome. An excellent, excellent segment. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.